Well, good morning and a happy new year. It's wonderful to have you join us uh, at this time. And although we're, we're apart, it's wonderful to be able to encourage each other in this way. It's the beginning of a new year and uh, Pastor John started a, a new series that we'll be looking at over the next few week, uh, weeks, looking at a number of the books from Psalms called The Summer of Psalms. Now, in the midst of this, this season, as the new year begins, we can come with different responses, can't we? We can approach this time of year with hope or we can approach it with a little bit of trepidation. We, we don't know what to expect. I mean, last year was a year like no other, wasn't it? And at the beginning of the year, we had all of these plans, but very quickly, they were all thrown in a heap. It shook our confidence like nothing else. And so how do we enter this year? I wonder what your experience is. I wonder what you're feeling at this time. Well, I would like to declare something this morning. It is simply this, that we can enter with confidence for God is our refuge and our strength. And this is the guiding theme as we read Psalm 46, which we'll read now, but I'd also like to start with prayer. Father, now as we come and we, we read your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us, comfort us, challenge us, grow us to, be, grow us to become more like you. Open our eyes, our hearts, our ears, Lord, to your words. May this word be a living word for us here this morning. We thank you and pray in Jesus' mighty name. Now the psalm we're going to read is Psalm 46. Now this is a a psalm or a song that was written to celebrate the deliverance of God's people from a great enemy. Now it doesn't say, it doesn't give any indication in the psalm but most probably it's believed that this was written when God delivered Jerusalem from the hands of the Assyrians in the time of King Hezekiah. And so this song was written as a way to, to celebrate that victory and to forever remember it. I would like you to read with me and to follow with me. From verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honoured by every nation. I will be honoured throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Aren't they powerful words? Encouraging words. And in the midst of this season, at the beginning of this year, these are words and promises for us. And as we read them, we see a declaration. We see some truths that are being told. And then there's also a response and an invitation that's issued through this song. And so first, 
we see this declaration. Right there in verse 1 that God is our refuge and our strength. Our refuge. The idea is that of an external shelter. Someone coming and protecting externally from the outside. So as we go into this year, we know that God is our protector. We also know that he is our strength. And the idea here is of inner strength. That is, God gives us the strength that we need in times of trouble. He gives us the inner strength to see these times through. It's interesting in life. The greater the trouble, the more he shows up. It seems that God gives us just what we need when we need it. As the the need or the turmoil increases around us, so does his presence. It never runs out, it never runs dry. And when we need it, it is there. When we need him, he is present. We, We read also he is always ready to help in times of trouble. Always ready. The NIV shares these words as, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. So whatever this year may bring, I pray that you may know that our God is always ready, always near. He will be your refuge. He will be your inner strength in this time. This is the declaration And this is something we can declare over our own lives as we hold on to this truth. God is our refuge and our strength. And as we look to this year, we can look with confidence knowing that he is with us. And as the verses continue, there's a response and an invitation that is issued. So for us, our response and invitation is firstly this. So we will not fear. Verse 2. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Reminds me of the words that we read in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. You see, once we come to really understand and believe by faith that God is our refuge and strength, We can live in confidence in the midst of whatever this year may bring. Even though everything may may surge around us, we know that he is with us, our refuge and our strength. He will see us through for his purposes and for his namesake. And there's this idea here also of a a fortress. This, This idea is unpacked even more, as the words go, go on, it, it talks about the city of God, our most high, being a sacred home, a place where God dwells, a place that cannot be destroyed. At the end of verse 7, it says, The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us in this city. The God of Israel is our fortress. And there's a mental picture that's being painted here for us. And it is that of a fortified city or a fortress. And all fortresses needed a a, a water source. And as you read there, it says that a river brings joy to this city or to this fortress. 
You see, a water source was essential in any fortified city. If you're to build walls around your town or your city, well, you need to be able to feed the people within it and they also need water. And so a river or a water source to that city, of course, would mean that it is not only strong but that it will that the people within it will not go thirsty and they also will go well fed. You can grow food with water. It would mean that the inhabitants were safe within this place. It's also a place where God dwells. A place where God dwells with the enemies at the doorstep and the enemies who are in chaos and who will crumble. It's a picture of a fortress that God inhabits and that we inhabit with him. He is our fortress. This is a picture of a conquering king. These are powerful, confident words. And if you think about a fortress, a fortress is not very pretty. It's strong. It's built for one purpose, and that is to keep the inhabitants inside safe from the forces of danger on the outside. I can remember as a, a young child uh, playing out in the yeah, out in our uh, in the yard. We often played forts. We would often build a fort, and of course, everybody would would want the fort. If there were a number of children, it was all about getting the fort and being the ones that would hold the fort. And the fort was always the place to be fought over, wasn't it? It was, it was the high ground. It, it gave the upper hand. It was the safe place. It gave protection. It was the place of advantage. And so because God is our refuge and our strength, we do not need to fear for he is our fortress. He is our safeguard. God is our fortress so we will not fear. And so whatever comes this year again, I pray that you may know that your God watches over you and that he guards you and that he protects you. We also see an invitation. Come and see, we read in Psalm, in verse 8 of Psalm 46. Come see the glorious works of the Lord, we read. Here is an invitation to come and to focus our eyes on who he is and what he has done. It's a reminder, it's a call to focus our attention on him. And this is helpful. We need reminding. When times are tough, when things aren't going well, we quickly forget how faithful and how good he is. And so it's in these times that we need to be reminded of who he is. We need to be reminded of what he has already done and therefore it gives us confidence to know that we can trust him, that he is trustworthy and able to continue to do these things in the future. Now, this is not hopeful or wishful thinking. Sometimes that can happen. We see many self-help books that just talk about positive thinking but they're often based on no foundation. Just think positive, that's enough. And that's not what we see here. We are called to base our hope on what God has already done. You could say that our hope is based on God's good track record. This idea of a good track record is that it comes from a term that was used in racing 
referring either to the best performance of a racehorse or maybe an athlete on a certain track. And it referred to their history of that race's past performance. It is commonly used informally to refer to a person or organisation's past performance in any type of endeavour. To say that someone has a good track record means that they have proven themselves in the past so we can trust in them in the future. Our God is trustworthy because he has shown himself to be. And when we lose sight of this fact, we need to remind ourselves again of what he has done, how he has worked, for it is how he will continue to work in the future, for it's his character. It's part of his nature. It's interesting, of course, that the words we read here are a song. You see, I know in the translation I use, it even has little guiding terms at the top. It says, For the choir director, a song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. Now, I am no soprano voice and I am not going to attend, attempt to, to read or sing any of this. But be reminded that this is a song. This was a song to sing and, and for the, the people of God, they would sing it often. And as they would sing it, they would be reminded over and over of the things that God had done. They would sing it over, they would sing it to one another, like a good song that gets stuck in your head. So these words were designed to go deep, to remind us of who God is, so that we will not forget, so that we will keep our eyes on him. This year I pray that when or if seasons get tough, you may continue to keep your eyes focused on him and you may be reminded again of the way that he has worked for he will continue to work the same. He is trustworthy. We find this other invitation. The invitation is this, be still and know, be still and know that I am God. Now these are famous words, Still and know that I am God. I have seen many a mug or meme with this written on it. You might even have it as a background on your desktop computer or on your phone. This verse brings memories of reflecting and reflection times or afternoons of retreat. But it was interesting, even in my study of this passage, I learnt this for the first time. I never really understood the full context and the weight of these words. And this is a a good example of where the context of the, the verses we read are very important, especially if we want to grasp the full weight of the words that are shared. Because the context here, if you look at all of the preceding verses, is the context is of war. It speaks of the glorious works of God, how he brings destruction upon the world, but his destruction is a destruction of war, a destruction of the spear and of the bow. He burns the shields with fire. We have an image of war here and of a conquering king and in the midst of this, these words cry out, be still and know that I am God. The setting is a battlefield. It's a scene of God's protection. He protects his people and he brings the nations into submission. This is a defiant call 
not to the people of God to be drawn to him, but to the nations, to his enemies. It's a battle cry. Stop, be still, for I am God. This is a battle cry. In other versions we read um, variations which help unpack this a little bit more. In the HSCB, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, we read, Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Be exalted among the nations, be exalted on the earth. The NASB says, Stop striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted on the earth. These are fighting words. These are powerful, strong words. These are also prophetic words. For there is a day coming when God will enter his battlefield and he will conquer the nations simply by speaking. All nations will be stilled. All of those who oppose him will be left speechless. They will know that the Lord is God. In fact, in Revelations chapter 19 from verses 15, there's a picture of Jesus Christ in white and he comes and he slays the nations of the world by a sword that comes out of his mouth, by his word. He defeats the nations simply by speaking, just as we see here, just as it's prophesied here in Psalm 46 in its fulfilment. We see this fulfilment in Revelation as Jesus will come and defeat the nations who will stand against him. This is the battle cry of these words. You could say it's similar to the cry that Jesus made to the sea in the Gospel of Mark. And I'd like to read this. Mark chapter 4. From verse 35. You may know this story, you may not. It goes like this from verse 35, Mark chapter 4. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is a similar call. This is a call of authority. As Jesus called out to calm the winds, so in this psalm, God calls out, be still to the nations. I am God. I find it interesting in in Mark that the disciples who knew Jesus well, who were his beloved followers, I love their reaction. Who is this? Who is this? But in the Psalms, we are given a very clear answer. Who is this? This is our conquering king. This is our God. This is our refuge. This is our strength. 
this is our victorious and powerful king with power over the earth and all of the nations and we, his followers, are with him and he is with us. This call to be still goes out to the nations but it also gives us reason to respond. As the disciples did when Jesus called out to the waves, it says they were terrified. So as we read these words, it causes us to reflect on the mighty nature of God. Yes, a God of love who will bring peace in the end, but one who defeats death because of his mighty power. One who will return and defeat those who will stand against him. It is good to remember that the Lord rules and that he is a conquering king. He is so great that the strongest nations will be be defeated by his mere speech. And on that day, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. In our personal walk, The cry to be still and know that I am God brings us humbly before him, helps us recognise who he is, helps us to prioritise in all our business, all all our activities, all the things in our lives that draw our attention away from God, it brings us back and refocuses our eyes back on him. And we need to be reminded to focus and to refocus on him. So this year I pray that you may pause and focus on him. That you might stand in awe at the God who can calm the waves, who guides the nations, has control over our very world. I pray that in this year, in the busyness that you may stop and focus your eyes once again on him. I think that's a good New Year's resolution that you can keep for it's a call to do less. It's a call to stop, to focus your attention, focus your eyes and to align your life with him. So this year, whatever it may bring, I pray that you may know Your God is your refuge and your strength. Therefore, do not fear. Do not worry what this year will bring. As the psalm says, may the the oceans roar. Bring it on. May we find all that we need in him. May we focus on who he is in the tough times. We focus on all that he has done and be still and recognise that he is with us in all his power, all his might and we are with him. As we come, we also come to the communion table. We come and we pause to remember. Pause to remember that Jesus died on the cross for us. But as we reflect and as we think of what Jesus Christ did, 
Yes, the cross resembles his, his love, it resembles his mercy, but it also resembles his victory. It's a reminder that he came and he died, but he also rose from the, ga- the grave. He rose victorious. He rose a conquering king. Sin and death were defeated. So today, I encourage you to take some bread, take some juice. and Pause for a moment and remember our conquering and our victorious king, our God who is our refuge and our strength. As we read in 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 55, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can come and thank God for he is victorious. We can know life and victory over sin because of him. So as Jesus did, I take this bread. Now Father, as we take this bread together, as we break it and as we eat it, may it be for us a symbol of your broken body, a reminder that you would go to the cross because of your great love for us. He would go and that your body would be broken and battered. He would go to extraordinary lengths, Lord, to draw us back to yourself. So, Lord, we thank you. We eat this together, Lord, in remembrance and in thanks. Lord, we also take this cup and we thank you for it and may it represent for us, for other, your blood. May it represent your blood that flowed. Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross. And so we just want to pause and thank you for the way that you love us. Drink this now, Lord, in remembrance. But Lord, we also remember that you didn't just die, but you rose again. (laughs) That you were victorious over death. You conquered sin, you conquered the grave, so that we may know life. And so we thank you. Thank you that you are with us, that you are our refuge and that you are our strength. So this year, Father, whatever may come, keep our eyes focused on you. Remind us again, Lord, of who you are. I pray for each person that might be watching and listening right now, that you may comfort them, that your Holy Spirit may come and fill them afresh, that you will give them boldness, and peace 
and a deep joy to know that you were with them, that you were their strength. And I pray that we may all go out, Father, without fear, but with boldness, in awe of who you are and that we are with you. You call us to walk with you. And we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen.